You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 51 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the possibly jet-lagged Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? Konnichiwa! How's that? <laughs> Konnichiwa to you too. So you've come back from Japan. <laughs> I just got back, yes. You've learnt the language, you've mastered the language, I One see. One word, two words. Great. What was the other word? I can't remember it now. I can't remember what the word for thank you was. Okay, great. <laughs> um, <laughs> gozaimasu. That's that's pretty much all I oh, know yeah, as well. Go on, go for it, Val. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you are you jet lagged? I'm jet lagged. Yes. Oh goodness uh, me! So tell us about your trip. Like what? Oh, I don't even know where to start. What did you have a good time? I had a great time. It was amazing. It was an awesome, awesome trip. I've got lots of stories, uh, lots of stuff to share, but should we do some other stuff first, Val? No, I don't. I think we should get straight into, I understand you missed your plane. <laughs> I did. I missed my flight home. See, the thing you've got to understand, the, the, the subway in Japan, mm -hmm. firstly, I reckon you need a, a membership to Menza to work it out. <laughs> very very complicated it's like there's like a million lines that all intersect and most of it is in Japanese yes and so like we got here we got to our apartment because it's like it was me traveling and uh I actually had uh my son and daughter came along and four of their friends so just on. give people an idea of how old your son and daughter and friends are. So my son is 21 and my daughter's 23. So I had a group of 20-somethings tagging along with lucky me. Lucky you. Japan. Yeah, yeah, lucky me. But what's great is my son has actually lived in Japan ah. and he's fluent in the language. Great. So getting, getting in was easy. Like he got us on the trains and it was like really straightforward. So I thought getting home would be the same thing, but he wasn't with us. He's gone to the snow now. Oh, So dear. it was my daughter and her friend and I getting back and we had a, a midday flight mm. on Thursday and um, – we got to the subway because that's the best way to get to the st to the airport oh. and had a look on the map and I had an idea of which way to go and we all had an idea but we decided to ask just, just in case mm -hmm. and we got given the wrong instructions. Right. And so uh, we left with plenty of time, Val. We left uh, our apartment at 7.30am to get a uh, midday flight. Yes. And we found ourselves – this is peak hour – Oh, God. We found ourselves on uh, a local uh, metro train instead of the fast train. Mm -hmm. And so what happens at peak hour is like, and you've got, we've got our bags, right? Mm. So we got on, it wasn't that crowd. It was packed, but it wasn't that packed. Get on. But every stop, um, five people get off, 500 get on, <laughs> right? So you are packed, packed like sardines. It's mm -hmm. not good if you like your personal space yes. there isn't any and then we realized we were on the wrong train and so then there was like this just whole series of getting on other trains and it's not a, just a, a matter of getting off a train and onto another one you've got to go up and down stairs oh. and my camera bag at some point broke oh. the, the, the the roll the handle came off so I had to carry it oh my god it, it, like carry it around everywhere and so we're running up and down stairs through peak out getting more and more stressed trying to work out if we're going to make it then we're on the phone to the airline going can you wait can you hold the plane for us <laughs> <laughs> and um and then there was we finally got to the station and there was a sprint 
to the airport terminal, which is two and a half Ks. We sprinted. I nearly threw up several times. We And we get to the desk and they're like, you can't get on the plane. You ran for two and a half kilometres. Yeah, I ran. That's ridiculous. <laughs> with a broken bag. Uh, oh, my God. You know, the soundtrack in my head was Chariots of Fire. <laughs> so that sort of helped me get along. Oh and, uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, they let us get on the next flight, which was uh, eight hours later. Oh, my God. So we had eight. But what was great, Val, was this was the first time on the trip that it had decent Wi-Fi. So <laughs> those of you in the uh, Facebook group look would have noticed that I was fairly active that day. <laughs> and But it's a lovely airport. There's lots to do. I was quite entertained. I had the best meal of the trip there. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. Of course you missed your flight. Yeah, I missed my flight. That's actually the first flight I've ever missed. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. It's really been pretty good. So um, I, I even put a, a map of the subway in the show notes just to, if, if everyone's not aware of what it looks like. Just so that you can feel prove, my pain. prove to everyone that it's complicated. Is that it's right? It's complicated, Val. It's so complicated. But I Why didn't you just book a cab or an airport transfer? Yeah, like all of this went through, like this was all said after the fact mm -hmm. or, or, you know, in that stressful time that we're on the train realising that we've possibly missed our flight and mm. calculating the amount of money it was going to cost us. Mm. Um, it wasn't that expensive in the end, which was also a win-win. And I got like clothes too at the airport when mm. shopping. So mm. it was like, in the end it worked out okay. Okay, so you had a dramatic climax to yes. your trip. Yep. Tell us, just, I'm sure people are wondering why in the world you decided to go with a bunch of 20-something. Uh, so um, they tagged along cause, like, and, and I thought uh, it's okay. if it, So half of them had their own apartment and I had an apartment with um, just my daughter and her friends. So that was pretty good because the apartments are, uh, are tiny in Japan. Right. Yeah, so space is limited mm -hmm. and uh, they, they're very economical in the way they live and it makes you rethink the way we live here, Val. We've got right. some space, I think. So, um, and I thought it was a good idea at the time and it was. We had a lot of fun together. <laughs> okay, so a bunch of millennials basically yeah. heard that Gina Militia was going <laughs> to Tokyo. Is it, was it Tokyo? Yes. And thought... Oh, we'll come and we'll just and we'll stay yeah. in your apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, they good. they partied hard. I had one night out with them. We had a great night. We did karaoke. Though. Oh, what did you sing? I did uh, a Madonna tune, of course. Um, like a prayer, of course. And I did uh, a Macy Gray tune. Ooh. What else did I do? I did um, a couple of others. I can't remember, but it was a good night. It was good. It's good fun. Well, we have to do it, Val. Karaoke, no problem. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, before we get on to the topic of this week's episode, which is all about shooting in Japan and especially your adventures in Japan, we've got to oh, give a big shout out, don't we, to yes. Mandy Miller. Oh, my goodness. Now, Mandy Miller is in the Facebook group. And for those of you who aren't in it, please do join us. It's free. Uh, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community uh, on Facebook. And this is where we upload our hashtag Gina challenge and just upload photos generally that we're particularly proud of or we'd like feedback on. But one thing that Mandy Miller did uh, over the last week Oh, just had me in stitches, absolute <laughs> stitches. I couldn't, I'd be bursting, bursting out laughing while on the train. Wasn't it incredible? Can you describe to listeners what Mandy did? So Mandy had, because, uh, Mandy had the uh, in, bright idea to uh, create a series using Nutella in, in the shots. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, last week's hashtag was waiting because mm. we skipped an episode, didn't we, Val? Yeah. And, um, and so she had, uh, she, I think she was away for a weekend with a bunch of her friends. So she got all her with girlfriends. With a bunch of her friends and a big jar of Nutella. A big jar of Nutella that constantly stayed full. It wouldn't be full if we were with her, mm -hmm. Val. It, but, and she did all these incredible images, uh, including the, the, the jar of Nutella. So the one I've put in the show notes is of uh, one of the women doing a yoga pose 
and uh, the Nutella. She's using the, the Nutella there. It's 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 in the shot. There's there's a shot of a jar of Nutella in the at the in the car. She's got uh, at the beach. She had one uh, balanced beautifully uh, with some uh, some stones as well. Just so 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 funny. And she's got one of a woman at a kitchen bench with, you know, a choice of carrots and avocado or a pineapple, but also her other choice is Nutella and gin. Yes. And she's also got a shot of a woman who's reading a book uh, at home on the sofa with a, with a cup of coffee, just and the Nutella is next to her and she's got her arm around the Nutella and she's looking lovingly at the Nutella with a spoon in her hand, just ready to, to, to get it. So, um, yeah, incredible stuff. There's also a, an iconic shot really of, um, you know, the famous sunbaker shot and it's a yes. woman in that famous sunbaker pose, but, uh, and looking off to the side and of course she's looking at a jar of Nutella. So it's just brilliant, brilliant stuff. Thank you so much, Mandy, because you just kept us amused for days. Every <laughs> time you great. uploaded a new photo, uh, it was just incredible. <laughs> well done. <laughs> but apart from Nutella, you have an interesting link to share with us, correct? Yeah, so I was on the uh, Petapixel uh, website and I found a, an amazing video from uh, a, a veteran uh, fashion and portrait photographer by the name of David Turner. And um, he talks about uh, the idea that every photo that we take is actually the result of like a hundred little decisions that are made uh, correctly to get that great shot. You don't just get an amazing shot by just um, you know, seeing something and photographing it, you've got to make all these little, little decisions. And the, the great quote that comes out of the video is everyone thinks we're geniuses, like, oh, oh my God, that's amazing. This picture's like it, all one piece of magic, says Turner. And it's actually a hundred little pieces of little things that you do right. So he talks about everything that when he's working, he, he thinks about the person that he's going to photograph, the the, the wardrobe that the wear, they're wearing, the lighting that he uses, the background, the, the aperture that he chooses, every single little detail make up that shot. And then he goes on to say, and this is the part that I love because this is a, the stuff that I talk about as well, mm. is the mood that you bring to the to, to the shoot, how you're feeling is going to affect that shoot. And that's all part of your decision-making process. It's only a three-minute video, and I actually encourage everyone to watch it because it's, it's, it's lovely. It's lovely to hear it in, in, in someone else's words, and it, he, he, his images are awesome as well. And we'll put the YouTube video, the three-minute video, in the show notes. And if you're wondering where the show notes are, they can be found on Gina's website. So that's ginamilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A dot com. Uh, and also, if you are new to this podcast and you're also wondering why we are waxing lyrical about Nutella, <sighs> it's because it's the love of Gina's life. Yes. So, and people in the Facebook group know that. <laughs> and uh, they, they you know, pay homage to, to Nutella um, probably because they know Gina would like it. But we want to give a shout out to Carol B. Bay, who very kindly left us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you so much, Carol. And Carol says, I have been listening to your podcast for about six weeks now. I am a 58-year-old nana that has a fascination with taking photos. I have a Canon D70 and my favorite lens is the 50 millimeter, which I use to take head, hand and feet shots of my growing grandson. Keep up the great work and would appreciate any tips. So thank you so much, Carol. Really appreciate you, that you took the time to do that. And if anyone else um, has the time, has 30 seconds to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, that would be awesome because that really helps us in our rankings and helps us keep going and bringing this podcast to you. So um, we'd really be grateful if you could do that. So on mm -hmm. to Tokyo. Goodness me. Let me first start with why Tokyo? Why did you decide, oh, I'll go to Tokyo now? Well, because I wanted to uh, really challenge myself. I've been um, really hanging to do uh, lots more street photography and I thought this is such a great city uh, to do it in. So, And I 
Val, I just love to love to travel, and there's also a couple of images in particular that I wanted to get that are in Japan. That I actually took a, a bullet train to these places just mm -hmm. to get these images. So there was a lot of travel involved, and uh, this is what I love to do. I I just like will, and I make these decisions very quickly. I'll just wake up and I'll say, mm, Japan. It's like deciding what to eat that's how quickly I decide to travel somewhere <laughs> <laughs> so how long were you in Japan for um five days okay so what was it that you wanted to achieve what were these iconic shots or what were these shots that you really wanted to get to and or what kinds of shots were you trying to achieve before you went what was the plan so I um there's uh I wanted to really get into more street style photography uh that like I find and we've talked about this before that when I'm in my own city Melbourne mm. I'm not as inspired to do it I don't know why and we and like you have the same problem you've talked about having the yeah. same problem Val like when you're in Sydney you're not seeing things the same way sure. as when you're in another city so um I I feel for me to be inspired I need to see in a new way so uh, Japan was going to force me to do that so I wanted to do street photography and there was also a couple of locations uh, within Japan that I wanted to get to one was a bamboo forest in Kyoto and I'll, I'll talk about that shot later in in in, in the podcast and th and there was a couple of other locations uh, in and around um, Tokyo that I wanted to get to uh, but what I'm trying to ask is well, did you go there with a set shot list or did you go I'm just going to go and do street photography and see what happens I had uh, street photography as an open sort of uh, brief and then I had a, a couple of set shots that I did want to get that I did manage to get yes. but why did you want to just get them for artistic reasons or was there a purpose uh, it's for artistic reasons and there was also there was actually a couple of shots that I needed to get for my book as well that, okay. that I did get while I was there so um, and I guess the book was the main reason yeah. that I was going but the rest was also you know the the just because that I've talked about before yeah. as well. Sure awesome I love how you go on these sort of creative dates with yourself that last five days and in a whole other hemisphere so it's fantastic. And it's so good to do and the creative dates are things that um, anyone can do anywhere it can be a matter of going to the next city uh, right next to you and taking the time and, and because when you're working it's hard to just say, I just want to shoot all day. But if you can block out some time, even if it's an hour or half a day to say, I'm going to go somewhere new, maybe a train stop away or to the next city or to another country and just shoot, I think it's a great thing. So I must admit that when I travel, even when I just travel interstate in Australia, which is super easy, mm. uh, I always think twice about what I bring with me because yep. I hate lugging things unnecessarily around so let's talk about gear what did yep. you lug with you on the plane and what did you lug with you on a day-to-day -day basis generally I, okay so I deliberately uh, made this uh, as light as possible uh, because I know uh, Jap I've been to Japan before and I know that as a city it's like to get around the best way is to take the subway mm -hmm. and the trains but it's a, the, the kind of the way it's set out, it, it's not made for lugging lots of gear around. So there's lots of stairs, you know, so we found on the dash home to get the plane mm -hmm. that, you, you know, I, I never want to do that again. But it's like you've got to lug stuff around. So it's best to travel as light as possible. So I know when I went to Cuba, I had more gear with me because mm -hmm. I was focused on um, lighting shots. But this time... I kept it really, really light and I ummed and ahed a lot, but I actually left it. I had the tripod packed and at the last minute I took it out. Oh, really? decision for me. Oh, yes. my God, yeah, because you no always shoot on tripod. Well, not yeah. always, but a lot. And and the thinking was, uh, A, it was going to be too heavy. I don't have a carbon filter tripod yet. They're quite expensive. They're about $500, I think, wow. to buy. And they're about a kilo, a kilo and a half, which is nothing. And they they pack down so that you can actually have them in your day um, pack if you want or take them as carry-on. Mm. And I don't have one and I want one. And um, Slick is the uh, the brand name that's made in Japan. 
And I thought, I'll buy one over there. A tripod? Yes. Okay. I thought to buy one over there. So I left my tripod at home. And then when I decided I'd leave my tripod, then I, you know, I left a few other things. So in the end, um, I travelled with uh, my Canon 5D Mark III, which is the lighter of my two pro pro bodies, mm -hmm. and one lens again. Wow. Which, do you want to guess which one? 50 millimetre. No, the 24 to 105, which is my favourite all-round travel lens. Okay. I, because you've got the option of shooting wide for landscape, yeah. but you've also got the 105, which is perfect for portraits and then everything in between. Yeah. Uh, it's not my fastest lens. Uh, the widest aperture is f4, but mm. it's it's plenty. And the way uh, DSLRs are made today, you can crank up the ISO. And in a lot of these mm. shots that I took, I really pushed the ISO to the extremes because I was shooting in very, very low light and it handles it beautifully. Yeah. Um, I did take a speed light and a couple of pocket wizards. Uh, I also had a small uh, softbox, which is probably only 30, not even 20 centimetres square, so just a tiny one. Mm. And um, a reflector, I, I did have a little light stand and that was all in a, uh, a small uh, roller bag. I also had a backpack to, to transfer everything onto when I was walking around. So really, for me, very light kit. So is the, everything you just said then, is mm. that what you took around with you on a day-to-day -day basis or did you make a judgment call depending on what you were going to shoot that day to leave some things at home, in the apartment? Yeah, so I would, uh, I would think about where I was going and what I would need and um, sometimes I left some stuff behind. So I yeah. didn't always have a flash with me. Uh, sometimes it would just be the, the camera. And, of course, there was um, uh, CF cards as well, Val. Um, yeah, of course. And, and, and a laptop. Uh, I also took And that. so when you went shooting – did you have a bunch of millennials following you around or, or you know, helping you as assistants? Or, or so, you, did you go off on your own? No, the deal was, no, <laughs> you guys go do what you need to do and I'll meet you uh, at the end of the – so we usually met um, at night for dinner. Right. Okay. So, you, so I was left to my own devices to go and shoot. You mentioned that you wanted to sort of like – well, you told me previously, get a little bit out of your comfort zone, do more street photography. Were your aims achieved? Yeah, I did. So, um, yes. Uh, so on the first uh, – so what I like to do is usually the first day that I arrive in the city, I try and get up as early as possible because <laughs> I want to watch the city wake up. It's not your favourite thing to no. do, is it, Val? No. So um, – one of the first things I actually did on the day that I arrived in the afternoon is uh, we were staying in Shibuya, which is uh, the, it's famous for its five-way intersection. It's, I think it's the largest uh, intersection in the world where people cross over. I think it's and, the famous scene in Fast and Furious. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, and I, I, there's a hotel there called the Shibuya Mark City mm -hmm. and – you can actually, if you walk in very coolly and walk past reception <laughs> and take yourself up to the 35th floor, mm -hmm. you get an amazing view of the uh, intersection. And I actually did a time lapse oh my of that intersection. And um, if I could work out how to upload that into the show notes, <laughs> I will. Um, and uh, it, it looks really cool because it just looks like thousands of ants crossing the road. Yeah. So that's And that is one of the best bands points to uh, to photograph that intersection. So I wanted to capture it as bird's eye. Yeah. But then the next morning, I went back there very early and it was practically deserted. And mm. what I loved about the, uh, the intersection was it, it's really graphic. So you've got the white lines and the black road. Mm. Okay. And then it's backlit from mm. where I was. Right. And so I had a go at shooting in a style that is very, very different to how I shoot. It's almost like shooting, I was shooting in colour, but they look like black and white. Right. I did a lot of um, shots where I was just trying to capture the shadows mm. cast by the sun. 
and uh, just try and give uh, the illusion of the busynesses of the intersection and, uh, and create some graphic shots. So I was really happy with what I got with those shots and very, very different to how I shoot. So I was exposing for highlights rather than shadows. So you get these, like there's not a lot of detail in the shots. So with any of the shots that we're talking about in this episode, we're going to put them in the show notes if you want to have a look at them. But one of the things that you mentioned to me, Gina, was that in terms of what you were trying to capture, you kind of had three main themes going on. Is Mm. that right? What Mm -hmm. were those three themes? So I wanted to do uh, the street photography in a more artistic kind of a way, which uh, is the sort of stuff that I was doing at Shibuya Intersection where they were all backlit sort of silhouette shots Mm -hmm. uh, to capture that, which uh, like I do silhouettes, but not in this way. So there was like, and to really push myself and try and shoot in a different way. Mm -hmm. The second style that I wanted to shoot in was to try and do some sneaky street photography Mm. and that's where I set my camera and pre-focused and locked off the focus and I would be shooting at say an aperture of about f8 which which I knew that if I just uh, aimed the camera at someone chances are the shot would be sharp because you've got like a lot more um, leeway in in the aperture there so I was doing a bit of that and then I wanted to shoot obviously in in the style that I I normally shoot in which is to actually approach people and um and and do some portraits Mm -hmm. and but also do uh some uh lifestyle uh travel photography which but and that's in a style that I normally shoot in. Okay, so street photography, including sneaky street photography, street portraits, and sneaky, yes, portraits, and capturing the culture. Is that yes. right? Yes. Okay, great. So let's have a look at some of the shots that you've taken. Now, one of the first, the first shot that is in the show notes is actually in the Shimbuyu intersection, Shibuya, and yeah. it has those Shimbuya, sorry, and it has those really graphical lines, and it's got uh, a, someone on a bicycle riding across them, but the shadow coming from the back, so that. The shadow is cast onto the graphical lines, but the graphical lines, because like a pedestrian crossing, um, takes up oh three quarters of yeah. the shot. And what's interesting is that you've cropped this, you know, the person riding in the bike, you've cropped their head off. I've now, chopped their head off. Yeah. yeah. Now, t- talk, t- talk to us about this shot and whether you saw it as it happened or whether you, you know, waited for it to happen or, or, or did you set it up or what? So I found that intersection and I noticed the light and then I I saw how the shadows were working and I took a few shots where I exposed correctly, didn't like those, and then I really started pushing the exposure and just going, what happens if I just expose for the highlights and you get this really – that beautiful silhouette going on and all the shadows. And then what I did is I got down very, very low Mm. and um, waited – for people to come into the frame yeah and then I started shooting and and I wasn't and I actually noticed that if I set the camera a little bit higher I would get people's heads in the shots but I didn't like how it looked yeah right it didn't capture what I wanted to capture so I found which was what uh it was just the graphic nature right because the angle the very low angle really makes these graphic the 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 pedestrian crossing lines really pop out of the shot they are the focal point of the shot yeah fantastic and And i just it almost doesn't look like one of my shots when i look at it it doesn't look like something i've taken which i love yeah it's great to do something different so uh, there seems to be a bit of a theme here because the second shot that we've got in the show notes is also in shinbuya uh but you've you've it's it's a guy like on a scooter and you've chopped his head off like at the nose. <laughs> so this is uh, this is using the sneaky style of photography. Ah. And I had the camera is at my hip. Right. Okay. And I'm just walking along the street with a big smile on my face. And the beautiful thing about the Canon 5D Mark III is the shutter is silent. Right. You could hear it. But if you were in a, a room, like a, a quiet room in a library, you might hear the ch- ch- It's But it's so silent. So I happily walked along the street 
and fired away and and it it like you see people coming into the frame and you get them and I got shots of people like filling the frame up up close and personal mm. but what's interesting about this style of photography it didn't sit right with me Val. right I felt okay. very uncomfortable after the fact and during the fact what that you were sneakily getting yes. the shots it felt wrong to me. Oh, because you're not used to it. I'm not used to it at all. You might get used to it. I might get used to it. Um, but, well, yeah. In, in that case, talk me through the third shot. Now, this is a little bit more Gina. Now, yeah. this third shot, which, which is in the show notes, Gina has captured a row of five Japanese chefs who are busy doing, you know, whatever they're doing in their kitchen. And they're in a row, sort of like they're, they're going to, they're creating their sushi, the stuff for the sushi train. But she shot them Obviously, she's from the outside, and she's yep. shot them through the window. Yep. So it's very, it's a very much an action shot. Yeah. So did you feel guilty getting no, that shot? No, I don't. So this is more <laughs> a style that I'm happy with. It's the brazen photographer that All will right. walk up to a scene and take the shot. And I don't mind if I get caught. If I get caught, I just there's a, just a big smile and acknowledgement. I just took your shot. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> and uh, and uh, like, I've never had a problem with sure, yes. shooting in that style. I'm very comfortable. I love photographing into windows. Yes, you do. And uh, because I love the reflections, I love that it has like a really voyeuristic quality about mm. it, and it, it, it's still that lifestyle street style of shooting. Mm. But it just adds another level. Having the glass there just makes it uh, like far more interesting. To yes, me. it's, so, it's a Brilliant shot, brilliant shot. Um, but then let's go to another photo that you've taken, which now many listeners will know that apart from Nutella, you have an obsession with bikes. Yep. Like a real obsession. Yes. And to the point where it's 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 quite unusual how many photos of bikes <laughs> that uh, I've seen of yours and like it's like every available opportunity you take a photo of a bike even if it's a not attractive bike but no no I won't take photos of ugly bikes Val I only take photos <laughs> of good looking bikes but if you want to photograph bikes mm -hmm. uh, Japan is the place to go because there's literally thousands and thousands of bikes so I was in my element yeah there. I bet how did yeah. you how did you cope there's so many I was bikes just like, like oh my god another bike another bike so <laughs> yeah I just you would have OD'd. I did. I did. It was beautiful. And they're a beautiful bike that they so ride around in. There's this great shot of a tunnel. It's like a, you know, a, 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 a tunnel that's a walkway. Obviously, there's a train track or something like that going over the top. But it's a tunnel. But it's both sides of the tunnel are full of bikes being parked there because people obviously must park their bike there and then go catch the train or something. Yep. And it's a great shot because you're, you're shooting straight down the tunnel the, and it's, the tunnel is lit for, with a row of fluorescent lights at the top, but there's it, it, both sides are jam-packed with bikes. But you've also got some people walking down the tunnel and you've also captured a guy who's riding his bike towards you, but you've captured him to the right side of the frame in motion, so he's a little yeah. bit blurry, and uh, so 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 it's obvious that that he's in motion. And yeah. this is a great shot. So tell us where this was and what you were thinking when you were what you were trying to achieve with this shot. So this is also around Shibuya, and basically this is a bike parking lot. Uh, so it's under a, under a, an, an, like an overpass, and so I saw that, and the tunnel itself looked great. I actually did some shots just with the bikes on their own and no one in them, but it didn't have enough life foul. Yeah, flat. So I positioned myself uh, at the end of the tunnel, and I just waited for action to happen yes. and uh, the right person to ride through. There was like. Uh, a couple of uh, occasions where someone dressed like a Mac who just looked perfect for the shot would walk into the frame, mm. but then 400 other people would also walk in the frame mm. and it was just like it wasn't working. So I just, you just, I was just waiting for those moments and I deliberately slowed down my shutter speed mm. so that I um, would get that motion of the, the, the guy so that it just, it just gives that shot more life that yeah, you've definitely. got that movement the motion blur happening and i've used a really uh i've actually created a new preset which i'll share oh, uh on the newsletter 
Um, I've got to come up with a name, uh, but it's it'll be a Japan uh, preset. What's the overall every, look? Well, when I What's go to a city val, mm. whenever I go to a new country, and uh, I've always got in my head an idea of how that that country should look. Mm -hmm. Like when I went to India, I always imagined uh, my photos being very a very warm light, slightly desaturated, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. a bit gritty and grungy, like a you know a lot of extra contrast in the midtones. And so that's the preset I created for for India. So Japan, to me, for some reason. In my head, I'm stuck in that post-war 1940s vibe. Oh, yes, and, I know. And that's what I was seeking out when I got out of the city and uh, and started uh, travelling around the country. That's the sort of Japan that I wanted to capture. Mm. And so that's the preset that I developed. So I'll come up with a name and uh, in one of the... Um, you know, next newsletters, I will share a, a preset for everyone. So and, of course, these also. are um, Lightroom presets, mm. which Gina has actually created. She's got this recipe for a number of different light, Lightroom presets, which um, all have different looks. And um, Gina gives them away for free if you are a subscriber to the newsletter. So you get the link, but only if you um, – uh, receive the newsletter and uh, even though Gina has sent out Lightroom presets in the past, they're, they're not archived anywhere. You need to get them as they come. So si <laughs> sign up to Gina's newsletter at ginamalisha.com to make sure you get your free Lightroom presets. But uh, there's another shot that I really love. I'm not quite sure why I love it. It's There's another bike in it, <laughs> unsurprisingly, but there's a bike leaning against a wall, um, but that wall also has it's made up of tiles so there's a real graphical element at the bottom third of the wall but the top two thirds is actually a billboards like yeah. billboards for some kind of product and there's a woman walking past so she's walking through the shot from left to right and I don't even know what this product is in the billboard but um, there's a big slogan saying a new era begins yeah tell us about this shot so I love whenever I'm uh, out trying to get good street shot, shots, I always look for um, a stage that mm. I can uh, have as a background and oh, then yes. wait for someone to walk in. So I saw the bike, I saw the billboard, I'm like, that would make an awesome background. And I positioned myself and just waited for the right person to walk through to capture the shot. Oh, I thought you were going to say something profound, like you were trying well, to make a political statement no. about the old and the new and, you know, technology getting rid of the, okay. the traditions well, of Japan. Well, <laughs> that's, that's what I meant, Val. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought so. <laughs> because it also, also juxtaposed in the shot is the fact that it's in, it's in English as well as in traditional yeah. Japanese characters. So there was there was that element as well. I'm sure that's what you're going for, right? Well, but this is what I love about <laughs> photography because it doesn't matter what I'm thinking when I'm taking the shot. It's what it means to everyone else is, is something different because someone else will look at that shot and see the bike. Someone else will see the woman and someone else will see that, you know, it's a fist and... Uh, in the billboard and, and that means something else to someone. People could see it as a positive image. Mm. Some people could see it as a negative image. It just depends on your state of mind at the particular time when you look at the shot. Sure. Now, there's this shot that I love, which is kind of like in a traditional Japanese street. It looks like it could be a restaurant or some kind of Japanese house in the background. And there is, surprise, surprise, <laughs> a bike in the shot but um, it's it's a much more traditional kind of look yep. in the background. And yep. what makes it even more traditional is that the woman walking through the shot from right to left is actually in what looks like not a kimono, but um, some kind of traditional Japanese yep. garb. Is that right? Yes. So, again, that was taken uh, around Shibuya and uh, it was I, I saw this facade and I wanted to try and capture something that did look like old world Japan. So, again, I had to wait for the right person because, you know, three people before would have been someone in, um, in a tracksuit and uh, Nike 
runners and, uh, you know, people in suits walked by and I waited for this woman and I spotted her. She was there. She actually walked past me like four times. She was <laughs> looking for something, <laughs> but I just waited for her to, to, to get into the frame and, and that made the shot and, and suddenly it looks like anywhere. Was this also sneaky photography, sneaky street photography? Um, no, this was brazen, Valerie. I just okay. sat there and took the shot. And uh, did you know, she know? She did, well, she she saw me standing there, so <laughs> you know, I'm I'm sure she she wondered what I was doing. But I think she thought I was photographing the building. Yeah, right. Rather than her. Now, what I love about these shots is that you really, really got this element of of graphical lines throughout yeah. a lot of the shots and even in this shot where it which is a sort of older japan with this woman in traditional garb walking through you've got the slats of the window going horizontal and then right next to it you've got vertical um wooden frames of the doors wooden um I don't even know how to describe it. You've got a door with lots of vertical lines yeah. going down. And um, so there, there's a lot of graphical stuff going on in, in a lot of these shots. So let's move on to something completely different because one of the things that you said you wanted to capture was portraits. Yes. And I noticed that the next shot, which looks – it's I love it. It's awesome. So basically it's a shot of four – they look like 20-something, I don't know how yep. old they are, but young Jap male Japanese guys in very, you know, hip, trendy Japanese-type gear with, like, the latest high-top sneakers on. Yep. They've got one of the, a couple of them has got bandanas. They've got um, really trendy clothes on. And they're standing on, surprise, surprise, a pedestrian <laughs> crossing. So it's, it's a little bit Abbey Road, but they're, they're front onto camera. And in the background is it, it is a street scene of what looks like a very busy shopping street or something like that with lots going on in the background in terms of signs and banners and, and, and things like that. So this to me looks like, I mean, it, it looks like the, an album cover or it looks like um, – uh, an ad it looks mm. like it's set up how did this happen because it's so perfect so what the thing that blew my mind about being in in and around tokyo the, the city and 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 the suburbs of tokyo is that the light valve is like nothing i've ever seen before so mm. everywhere i went even if everyone is heavily backlit, like the sun is behind. Now, if you did a shot in Sydney or Melbourne or anywhere in the world where the people are backlit, mm. you need to be flash or, or you know, a reflector or reflector, something to yeah. fill back in because their faces are always in shadow yeah. and they're backlit. Okay, so this scene of the four boys, there was boy bands everywhere, right? <laughs> okay. um, and uh, these guys are lit, but I didn't light them. How are they lit? They're lit off the building. So what happens is the sun hits a building that was behind my back right. and reflects onto their faces and actually fills them. So you Ooh. actually feel like the whole time I walked around the city, um, you know, in and around Tokyo itself and, and Shibuya, Shinjuku and, and those sorts of places, I'm like – I feel like I'm on a movie set. I yeah. felt like I was on a science fiction movie set because you've got the large billboards that are all animated. and the, But the light was extraordinary. Everyone was lit. It was so, like there was a light on everyone. Does that mean you didn't need to use your speed light? I didn't need to use my speed light. So this shot, what I love like about all? it, no. Wow. They're lit. They're lit and there is no way I would have had to have like a massive softbox and massive lights to do that here in Melbourne or anywhere else in the world to, to actually achieve that level of lighting and you get that naturally because there's so many uh, buildings with the glass on them and so everywhere is, is lit. The light do, just bounces around everywhere. Do you need a window, a glassed window or does it work on other buildings? So the buildings all have these uh, sort of uh, shiny glass facades and right. that's what causes the fill. Did you use your speed light at all during the trip? Uh, 
for a couple of things for a couple of the shots that I needed to do for the book, but not for any of the portraits, no. Yeah, right. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. No, the light is extraordinary. I've ne like even like, I pointed it out to the millennials that were travelling with me. I'm like, look <laughs> yes. at the light. They're like, yeah. And then they went back to shopping, you know. Yes. But the light's extraordinary, extraordinary. And it gets dark at 4.30, Val. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's move on to the next shot, which is, is a great sort of headshot almost, sort of like from, from the chest upwards, yep. of what Mr Miyagi might look like yes, if he was 100. Yes, it was Mr Miyagi. It's Mr Miyagi. Yeah, right. So how did you find Mr Miyagi? I found him and I had to photograph him, so I went up to him. But what I had in my phone was I asked my son to write me uh, a letter, an open letter to anyone I approached in Japanese. Mm -hmm. And basically it said, hi, my name's Gina. I'm a photographer from Australia and uh, I'd love to take your photo. Although I hope that's what it says because I wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> and he said, just show them this and they'll let you take their photo. Oh, and knowing my son, Raph, it could say anything on that. But it yeah. seemed to work. So hopefully that's what it said. Yeah. Um, and so I showed them that. And, and the, the, the fact that I made that sort of effort, I think, Yes. To to uh, ask them properly and approach yes. them. So I think that's a really good idea and I'm going to now use that whenever I travel anywhere because even if a country does speak a bit of English and you can make yourself understood, just having this letter in their own language that yes. they can read that introduces yourself properly to them, I think it's a great icebreaker. And then, you know, he was very happy to be photographed. Wow. That's a great shot because it really does look like a hundred year old Mr. Miyagi. Yeah, now, yeah. Uh, my favourite shot is the next one, which yep. is actually a shot of um, a bike, surprise, surprise, uh, on this sort of gravel pathway, but the sides of the pathway, and it's sort of a brown gravel pathway flanked by sort of some reed grass, but behind that is just these this sea of bamboo. And there's just these straight lines of green bamboo um, going up to the top of the shot as far as the eye can see. And it is stunning. Now, where is this? And I have to ask, was there, was there post-production in this? So the place that you're talking about is Arashiyama Bamboo Grove. It's actually uh, just outside of Kyoto. Mm -hmm. And so I took a bullet train to get there. Ooh. So I left. Uh, it was a two-day trip to get there and back. Oh, and it's, 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 it's actually uh, maybe two and a half hours on the bullet train and then all the other sort of in-between in, in travel, you know, it's maybe three, four hours. Mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, – yeah, I had to. Um, I had a hotel room for the night. Uh, I only got a few hours in my bed, Val, that <laughs> night, and because I, I got, I'm, I made sure I got to the place uh, at dawn because I wanted to be the only person there. Because if you get there after, say, eight thirty, it's mm. packed. Right. Because this is like listed as I don't know if it's a seventh wonder of the world but it's like a very famous bamboo grove and thousands of people flock there so where did I, you get the bike did you just nick someone's bike no so as I walked out of the station there was a bike hire place oh. and it was a thousand yen a day for a bike which is about ten dollars us Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, I only want the bike for an hour. So I'm trying to haggle. I'm negotiating with the guy. Oh, my God. And, the, and it's like I'm standing negotiating. He's just laughing in my face. And then he gestures at my camera. And he's like, you've got that camera. You've got a $4,000 camera around your neck. And you're trying to haggle for $10. Just yeah. take the bike and go. I'm like, fair enough. So, <laughs> oh so I rode there and it was such a beautiful ride. And I got there and I had the whole place to myself. And then I'm like, I'm, I've planned the shot. I always wanted to have a bike there because, like, on its own, it's still spectacular, but I needed the bike in the shot. Yes. And so, and, and the light, it, there's a shadow on the bike. That's from the, uh, the sun rising that's hitting, hitting right. the bike and leaving a shadow on the path. Uh, it's still uh, fairly dark. So, and I didn't have a tripod, Val, so I actually um, got down on the ground and used my knees to brace, mm. and, uh, and, and that's how I got the shot. But the interesting thing was that other photographers started to arrive who had the same idea as me, ah. but 
rather than wait for me to finish the shot, <laughs> they just took my shot. <laughs> As you do. They're like, oh, great shot. And so they all just went for it. And so oh there's God. probably going to be a few others of those shared shared around the world as well. Okay. But that, that was an awesome experience to, to be able to go there and uh, be the only one there and have the whole place to myself and yeah, be able brilliant. to get the shot. I was really happy. So my, my other question, which was, was there post-production done on this shot? Because the colours are just intense. So that shot that I've put in the show notes, I haven't – I shot with I shot did shoot with my big boy camera but that's an iPhone photo wow so edited in snapseed right edited in snapseed yeah, yeah. love snapseed yeah brilliant okay and we've you've got this great shot which is kind of at night I think just a uh, it's on the street somewhere in Tokyo and it's the it's a geisha but yes. it's the back of the geisha she's walking away from the camera so that's Kyoto as well okay, and Kyoto. The, the old town. So that this was where I was staying to mm -hmm. get that bike shot in the bamboo grove. Mm -hmm. I wanted to photograph a geisha Val while I was in Kyoto. Mm -hmm. And um, the shot that's immediately up, uh, there's another shot in the show notes which is of a dark street with a bike leaning against uh, a wall and it's a very gritty shot. I was taking that shot. And I was uh, hoping, because I was told that if you go late at night, you will see a geisha. So I was prepared. To, to this street? Yes, to this part of town because they go to work and back. That's when they arrive. Okay. So I was hoping to photograph one and I heard the clop, clop, clop. It's like when you hear a horse coming because yeah. they wear those shoes. And she was walking past me and it was like I'd seen like, a deer in the wild or something. <laughs> and I was so shocked and surprised that there was a geisha walking past me that I I didn't I didn't have time to get mm, her. I got the right. back of her. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's a great shot. It's yeah, I know, but like I wanted to get her from the front. There's also a gritty dark shot of um looks like a Japanese tea house, I'm not really yep. sure. Uh and it's it's dark. It sort of looks like it could be black and white. And but of a modern day sort of businessman well, not quite modern day, but a businessman with a jacket and and a and a old fashioned briefcase walking through the frame. But you've captured him just as he's in the doorway of yep. this tea house. Yep. Where's this? So that again is in Kyoto. So it's very late at night. I pushed my ISO to probably the extreme. So I shoot. It's like black. It's pitch black, Val. So yeah, right. Um, I needed to find areas where there was a little bit of light, and again, I wanted that gritty black and white. And so I found this um, this backdrop, and I waited for people right. to walk past. So there was people on bikes that went past, people on foot, and uh, this was probably my favourite uh, passerby that I managed to capture. So it's it's a waiting game, Val. It's, yeah. like, it's not an accident. Like the shots are planned. I set them up. I find the location and then I wait for someone interesting to come into the frame. Yeah, brilliant. I love it. I love this um, – I love the concept of, of – of deciding where your stage is yeah. and then waiting for the interesting actors to walk on. Exactly. Yeah. There's a great shot of a – looks like a little diner or takeaway and the chefs are inside and they are doing what chefs do and people are all seated on stools um, around the bench having whatever it is that they're having. I love the the colours in this mm. in this shot. So that's the preset, Val. That's the Japan preset. That's, oh. the, that's the one that I've come to. That's that's how I see Japan. Yes. That's to me is this this place is called Memory Lane and it's in Shinjuku, and um, which is uh, around the Tokyo area. And uh, it, it started in sort of the 1940s and everything is basically as it was back then. And it's a tiny, tiny little alleyway. And all the restaurants uh, seat about uh, up to six people, no more. And, and so they look like that. And um, that's what I had in my mind's eye when I, when I wanted to, to, to capture this sort of place. So, so Well, I have to say I love this Lightroom preset. So everyone, you, you're going to love it. So make sure you, um, you sign up to the newsletter so you can get it. 
And there's also a great portrait, sort of like from the hips up, of uh, just a sort of maybe 60-year-old Japanese gentleman. Would that yep. be right? Just looking. Yeah, probably, he's probably 80, Val. Right, possibly, yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the background of the shot, it's kind of a laneway with some red lanterns and some... Um, red leaves in the background it's 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 it looks it looks fantastic so that's the, the that same laneway so very narrow laneway uh that's that's uh memory lane um and i found him in one of the the little restaurants showed him the iphone with the note on it and he was very <laughs> happy to come and then i gestured to for him to come out in the street now i did have some help uh, I think the reason I he was happy to come out for this photo is the fact that I had four gorgeous girls with me, <laughs> and and I'm because I'm gesturing come out into the lane, but they happen to be standing there, and he's like, oh, go and be in a photo with them. Sure, <laughs> he ran over, and so they all had a photo with him, and then I asked him to pose on his own. So it does help. Were they the, the millennials? millennials? Yes, yes, okay. yes. So, uh, yeah, he, he was very happy to pose. And then I actually uh, um, directed him. Uh, of course, he didn't speak any English and I wanted him to uh, – I've, I've got this series that I've got, an ongoing series of octogenarians oh, yeah. um, staring down the camera. Fr In like the Dirty Harry pose? Dirty oh. Harry from around the world. So he's my uh, Japan version of that. Mm. And so I wanted him to be standing with his feet shoulder width apart, hands in his pockets, and I just wanted him to stare me down. So the way I got him to do that was I couldn't tell him. I did it myself. Yeah, great. And, and this he is, copied it. This is awesome because this is an iPhone image also edited in Snapseed. No, that's, that's not an iPhone image. Oh, the that's one, not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the, the, the bike shot above, which is an iPhone image, yeah. Uh, Okay, so, so let's move on then. Uh, there's this great shot of old cameras. Yep. I think it's just this row of old cameras. Tell us about that. Why so does, if you are into, yeah, yeah, if you're into old cameras, uh, Japan is a great place to visit. Tokyo in particular, there are um, camera stores aplenty that have Leicas and Yashikas and uh, Mamiyas and Nikons and all old cameras and just thousands of them. So you can actually get a bargain if you find the right place. You can get one fairly cheaply. There's a lot of them. I actually, in the if anyone's interested, there's uh, a link to a blog that someone else has written with a whole list of all the different stores you can go to. But that was uh, in itself, that was quite an experience to see all those uh, incredible cameras. It was amazing, amazing so, to see. So before we wrap up, what are your top tips? If someone's going to Japan, they want to do some photography, what are your tips from a pre-planning point of view? What are your tips for, you know, when the practical things to think of while you're there? Yeah, what are your tips? So travel light because, you know, think stairs, you, you're going on subways most of the time. So you want to be able to have something, all your gear on your back so that you can carry it around. Mm -hmm. um, and I would also buy a Japan rail pass for the bullet train so you can get all around Japan on that and you can buy them externally for about 300 US for a seven-day pass, mm -hmm. which you would pay for one way for an you know, a, a trip if you were buying it in Japan. Oh, so, so you're saying buying it, buy it while you're in your own country. Buy it from your own country and, mm -hmm. you know, seven days unlimited travel for $300 and you can also use it for some of the metro. So so that's another tip. And then, uh, like, I, I, I say get up early and go to places before the tourists get there and, um, you know, the Japanese don't tend to get up very early themselves, so um, you'll miss a lot of the crowds if you're up before, say, 8 a.m. to take shots. You'll get a lot of great shots that way. And then have a look around and f and plan out what cities you want to visit and what – because everyone – like some people love the hustle and bustle of a city. Others like the countryside and to capture sort of an older style of Japan. It depends yeah. on what you want to get. So – plan your trip in terms of like where you want to go and what you want to see. It's a big country, so you mm. can't do it all in, in a few days, but you can certainly get a fair bit, capture a fair bit in that time if you wanted to. And also get someone to write a little letter on your iPhone. I think that's a great idea if you're travelling anywhere. I just think that's going to be my go-to now for, for when I'm going to, to other countries. 
and finally your your highlights the, the things that you remember of that you're going to remember about Japan so the food val is just amazing um did you okay yeah 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 so we we did you we ate a lot of sushi time. Uh, not not sushi. It was more sort of soba noodles and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I did uh, indulge in a lot is like there's they, they're into their green tea and they make oh, yeah. green tea chocolate, green tea oh. ice cream. Oh, yeah. I got into that big time. I loved it. Um, the one thing I noticed, if uh, any food photographers are listening, the food photography in Japan actually sucks. It's so bad, and they use it a lot to display the food so that people can see oh, what yes. they can order it's really really average like it's not even average it's like most people with an iphone could take a better shot it's just awful so there's an opportunity (laughs) there if anyone wants to uh take shots and the other thing i loved val coffee in a can coffee in a can coffee in a can so you go vending machine is it hot yes you can have hot or cold you can have iced or you can have hot that's bizarre yeah so every morning we got a coffee in a can (laughs) <laughs> and the other benefit of that is if it's really cold, you just put it in your pocket and it keeps you warm. Uh, was there Nutella in Japan? No, no <laughs> Nutella. But there's an opportunity there. They could make a green tea version of Nutella. Oh, gross. But anything that, it, like anything, like you could get Tim Tams with, with green tea, Kit Kats, green oh, tea, gross. green tea, every, I loved it. Loved it. Okay, well, what do you think our hashtag Gina challenge should be this week? While you're thinking of that, for new listeners, every week we have a hashtag Gina challenge and what we do is we have a different theme each week and then we upload our photographs into the um, Facebook group. So that is, you know, where you just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community on Facebook. And um, as as we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, last week's hashtag was waiting and that was where the great Nutella series that Mandy Miller did uh, came in, came to the fore. But um, uh, And also if you're listening to the back catalogue of this podcast and you might be listening, you, there might be a different hashtag Gina challenge, that's fine because then you just go hashtag Gina challenge, hashtag backlit or hashtag black and white or whatever it was just so we know what you were trying to achieve with that shot. But um, yeah, this week, oh, I, Gina, what is hashtag Gina challenge? So I think uh, in honour of the fact that I did go over there and force myself to shoot in a new style, Val, I think the hashtag for this week should be new style. So I'd actually uh, encourage everyone to uh, shoot in a way that you don't normally shoot in so that if you put that uh, shot up in the uh, Facebook group, I would look at it and not immediately recognize it as one of the shots I usually see from from the people who post there. So and 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 maybe explain why it's a different style when you post it. What what's different about it? So really, I want everyone to really challenge themselves. Yes. And uh, you know, it could be that you emulate one of your idols and and shoot in a style that you may like but have never tried. But new style. Yeah, something completely different. In fact, I have to admit that I'm going to tackle that. I'm going to actually take photos that are not of my cats. Oh, Val. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And I need to get some of your advice on that Mm -hmm. uh, because, as you may know, I have started to train in an MMA and cage fighting gym Mm. and they have – I've asked them, is it okay if I just, you know, come and take photos? And so I'm really excited about that because I've oh, never wow. really done anything like that before. Yeah. So, and maybe we should do a theme, a top, like a good topic for another podcast. Might be something to do with, you know, body shots or fitness shots or, sure. um, you know, we've, we've, we've touched on it, but yep. um, not really not really had a whole episode on it but yep. what I'm keen to do is yeah really get in there and because there's some great there's great lines because of yeah. all the boxing bags there's great graphical stuff happening because of the cages so um I'm going to pick your brain on that so that I can sure. try a new non-feline style awesome <laughs> wow <laughs> All right. Uh, Well, that brings us to the end of this week's episode. I loved all these pictures of Japan and always love hearing about your adventures. 
Have oh. you recovered? What are you doing this week before we speak again? Um, no, haven't recovered. So, because uh, you got back yesterday, just got back. So basically, I've got to unpack and uh, you know wash undies and things like that. Mm. And then I'm uh, shooting this week. I've got a cover shoot uh, with a couple of uh, elite. Uh, athletes on cool. during the week, and I've got um, I've got some shooting to do tomorrow, and we're filming, and yeah, it's a, it's a big week. What are you What are you doing, Val? Aside from are you doing the cage shoot this week? No, not this week because I need to download your brain first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, it's just one of you know it's the lead up to Christmas. There's mm. so much to do. Got to buy all your secret Santas. All that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's just a never-ending list of things to do. But um, do sh- uh, connect with us on social media. Where will we find you, Gina? I'm at Gina Militia, so G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A, and that's on Twitter and Instagram. You'll also find me uh, in the Facebook group. Yes. So you want to be a photographer, podcast group. Podcast community. Podcast community, there you go. And you'll find me at <laughs> at Valerie Koo, which is K-H-O-O, also on Twitter and Instagram and the Facebook group. So we look forward to seeing you in the Facebook group. But until next week, we will talk to you then. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com.